Welcome to the Woe Podcast about horses and horsemanship, your weekly conversation about horses. I'm John Hare. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm really grateful you're all along on this journey. Well, it's arrived. Summer in California. Temperatures reached 100 degrees yesterday and today, and it's pretty darn hot. We did go for a ride today. There was a nice breeze out. And over the weekend, Scratch and I went up to to a nearby ranch where we got to do some um, roping. And I discovered something very important this weekend, that I can't throw a rope for nothing. Well, I can throw a rope. I just can't catch a cow. But we had a lot of fun anyway. And even if we didn't catch a cow, we got to chase a few cows and That's always exciting. I don't know if that's something you've ever done or not, but there's something about adding that third mind into the mix. You got my mind, my horse's mind, and now you got the cow's mind. And and it just kind of changes the whole dynamic of everything. Scratch did really well. We were up in an area that he, I don't know if you remember, but Scratch is my Oak Creek horse. He was a wild horse for nine years. He was gelded when he was seven, and then they put him back out as a wild horse for another two years, um, and I got him. This area that we were riding in was an area that he likely roamed as a wild horse, and I don't know how much they remember about such experiences, but Scratch every once in a while would look up off this draw and maybe there were wild horses that I couldn't see up there or maybe there was a cow that was moving funny, but he kind of would look off into the distance and it gave me kind of an eerie feeling of, I wonder if he wanted to go back there. But anyway, enough enough about my horse. I did publish a post on our Woe Podcast Facebook page asking about vaccinations. I wanted to know what vaccinations you gave, where you gave them, how often you gave them. I found it interesting that when I was investigating vaccinations, I looked up the American Association of Equine Practitioners guidelines. And I thought this was really interesting. On their website, under principles of vaccination, they say A standard vaccination program for all horses does not exist. Each individual situation requires evaluation based on certain criteria. One of those is the risk of the disease involved, the anticipated effectiveness of the vaccination, the potential for adverse reactions, and the cost of immunization. There are some core vaccinations that they recommend. They include eastern, western equine encephalomyelitis, rabies, tetanus, and West Nile virus. You didn't think I could pronounce that, did you? Yeah, I know. I hear you. I hear you talking about that. Now, along with those core vaccinations, I know. Along with those core vaccinations, there are risk-based vaccination guidelines. Depending on the risk that your horse, maybe the area they're in, or Uh, the kind of work that they do, you may want to vaccinate your horse against anthrax, botulism, rhinopneumonitis, equine influenza, equine viral arteritis. Okay, you got me on that one. Leptospirosis, Potomac horse fever, rotaviral diarrhea. 
That one just sounds bad. Snakebite and strangles. So they have specific guidelines on those particular vaccinations. So no matter what your, your vaccination protocol is, it should be done in accordance with intervals and types of vaccinations based on your attending veterinarian. So work with your vet. Essentially, it says work with your veterinarian about which vaccinations you want to give. So you'll want to monitor the reactions your horses have to the vaccinations. But in our case, we have three horses. Two of them have, my mare and Scratch, both have reactions to vaccinations. So we alternate tetanus and West Nile virus every other every year. One year they get tetanus, next year they get West Nile virus. Dusty, Renee's gelding, has no problems with, with reactions, or it hasn't had reactions yet. And as a consequence, he gets the West Nile virus, the encephalomyelitis vaccination and the tetanus vaccination every year. We give those annually and we give them in the hip. Now, when I asked you guys, what do you do? The responses I got from our Facebook page, and if you haven't checked out Wool Podcast on Facebook, go there, like it, post something, let me know about your horse, that would be great. And we did get a number of responses from various people around the country. So this is pretty exciting. Well, interesting anyway. Sandra is in Rhode Island. She does a five-way vaccination and two weeks later, a West Nile virus. She likes to work her horses after they're vaccinated so that they don't get stiff. And she does uh, inject them in the neck. Uh, in Arkansas, Bobby's horses has a bad reaction to tetanus. His mare is stiff and lethargic for about three days after the vaccination. Paula in Bakersfield gives a six-way annually by the vet, and she also gives a six-month booster for influenza. Christina doesn't give her location, but she has a 13-year-old quarter horse, and that horse gets sick twice a year from the flu rhino vaccination. The legs get stocked up, there's a fever, there's no appetite for a week. She's even tried splitting the, the vaccinations two weeks apart. And she's also tried giving banamine to see if that reduces the inflammation due to the vaccination. In Bakersfield, Marla's 17-year-old Mustang is very sensitive. She gets a West Nile virus every other year, alternating with tetanus, sleeping sickness, and she injects in the lower hindquarters. Her 13-year-old Arab, or half-Arab, gets a West Nile virus, tetanus, sleeping sickness every year. Marla uses the same that we do, so she likes to give the vaccinations in the hindquarters because if they have a reaction, it's better to have a sore butt than a sore neck. When that horse has a sore neck, it's a lot more reluctant to eat if it's got to bend its neck down on the ground and it's in pain. So I really like that idea. Thanks, Marla. Kate lives in the Texas Gulf Coast region, and her horse gets an annual rabies plus the encephalomyelitis vaccinations west, east, and I think Venezuela. Yeah, that's the Venezuelan equine encephalomyelitis vaccine. Uh, she also has the West Nile virus, and she gives her horse strangles. 
She's also commented that he also gets whatever he can related to the EHV virus or just the EH virus. Maybe that's it. Kate likes to give the vaccinations in different parts of the body and gives half one week, waits a week, and then gives the other half the next week. That's her protocol. Kim doesn't state where she lives, but she has five horses that range in ages from 10 to 29. All receive the five-way and the West Nile virus annually. Two of her horses become very lethargic, but she's talked to her vet and the vaccination rep, and they both say that this is the horse's immune system ramping up. So she's not too worried about the reaction. In Norco, California, Brandy's horses are vaccinated every six months. She relies on her vet's recommendation, and she gives them in May and November because her horses go to the Oklahoma Nationals. So that's your response to how you vaccinate your horse and where you vaccinate it. And we got a a really good response from many different parts of the country. And you can kind of see that the people handle vaccinations differently. So there's no real hard and fast rule. You kind of have to look at your horse, talk to your veterinarian, and decide what's the best protocol, which are the best vaccinations to give to your horse, and then just go from there. So that'll do it about vaccinations. If you've got a story about your horse, we'd really love to hear it. If it's something that you could share with us that helps other horse owners, that's great. There's a couple of ways you can do it. You can email me at john at woepodcast.com or you can record a voice memo. It could be as short or as long as you like and send me the audio file or send me an email we'll get together we'll record it together either over the phone or skype either way i'll edit it up and we can just share it with the whole audience and it can be a story about anything it can be uh, whatever is important to you and your horse what you've struggled with what you've accomplished how you pick a trainer whether it's boarding your horse or the equipment you use, I want to know about your horse. I think we can all learn a whole heck of a lot. Remember, you can find every episode of the Woe Podcast on our website, woepodcast.com. You can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and just about anywhere you find a podcast, we're there. Click on that subscribe button. You'll never miss an episode. You want to help the show? Write a review. That's always good. It helps other people find our podcast and it gets shared even more. You know, the Wolf Podcast has been downloaded in over 80 different countries, which is pretty amazing over the, the number of years that we've been doing this. Thanks to you guys for sharing the podcast with your friends and your writing buddies. And until next time, for Renee... This is John Harris saying, go have some fun with your horses. Bye-bye, everybody. Monitor the react the adverse reactions. Well, monitor the... A- <laughs>